What is it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every Monday on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hi, my name is Michael and I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Marsha, every week to discuss the intersection of minimalism and veganism. You can find articles, recipes and more podcast episodes like this one on theminimalistvegan.com. But in this episode, we're talking about tiny houses, which we've been binge watching for the last week um and it's just very fun of mind as we look at intentionality and minimalist living and it's also a topic that we wanted to revisit after publishing an article four years ago Uh, we have a very different perspective now so i hope you enjoy this conversation and it sparks a bit of intrigue about this movement and um maybe you could apply to your life or maybe not um in any case um i hope you enjoy this episode and i'll check in with you to fill in any gaps after the show all right. All right. We're back, guys. Welcome back, Marsha. We took a week off. Yep. Quite sick. That's what happens when you record week to week. Yeah. When you <laughs> when you record last minute, you you know you can't. You have to. Sorry, guys. We have to put in some leave. I hope yeah. that's okay. Um. We did get some some messages saying if everything's all right because we didn't pop up in their feed on a Monday morning, but yeah we're back we're feeling much better still not 100 percent, but good enough to record yep and get excited about some topics that we want to share with you today yes tiny so, houses yeah something uh, that didn't, we've didn't think we'll be talking about this again well i think it's interesting because while we were sick we actually you know did a bit of youtubing and a lot of youtube looking around <laughs> and we stumbled across this awesome channel that shares a lot of he's i think he's a kiwi that yep. shares um, some really great tiny houses or just interesting ones um, and people's stories of how they got into it and all of that. So, you know, some they buy, some are built by them, some get help from family and stuff that are that are really handy. So that always helps. But, yeah, I think it actually brought back something that we've probably been thinking about in the back of our minds for a long time after watching a documentary we wrote a post about it over four years ago yes so yeah and we'll make sure we'll link to the post and and that youtube channel because it's it's actually it's we we it it we kind a lot of binged. subscribers and they ha- each post has a lot of views so, yeah i mean episodes yes yeah so i mean w- do you even know why we ended up youtubing tiny houses i think you must have popped I don't think we even YouTubed it. I think it just popped up in my oh, algorithm. Oh, yeah, because we just created a... Like, we finally signed you into your own YouTube account. Yeah, I didn't have one. Yeah, and then you started... <laughs> you, you typed in a few... Like, you followed a few people, and then it naturally came up in your feed. And then... I must have watched something that was in relation to that previously. I think we were watching Slovenian. Like, this guy... Remember that guy who was taking us through, like, Slovenian properties? So, I think, like... The algorithm started uh, picking up properties, but you were following a lot of minimalist content. It's like, hey, uh, that's time to get smart. some tiny houses that's up in smart. your feed. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it all there comes you go. together. You it yes, solved the the algorithm. Um, so, but look, before we get into tiny houses, I thought uh, it's a really fascinating topic because I think it's, it's so different for everybody depending on where you are in the world and the legislation and and how it all works. And and for those of you who you're wondering what is a tiny house how would you describe a tiny house to somebody who doesn't know what it is it's a really 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 small house on wheels yes 
<laughs> Great summary. <laughs> Think of like... Um, Something that gets moved around. Well, should technically get moved around. Yes. Um, that's the purpose. But some of them don't have wheels. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I guess, again, that comes down to where you live and how legally you're allowed to Yeah, what's a, what's, what it's classified yeah. as. So yeah. a lot of people that we've seen normally end up on a property. Yep. Typically on a property that they obviously know the owner. It's tip, It's normally a family member or someone that just gives them a patch of land somewhere. Yeah. Um, so that they can park their. Tiny and what house. what Australians would call like a granny flat, sort of similar to that, where there's like a little bit of property, like a dwelling on an existing property in like mm. a backyard or something mm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, as the name describes, tiny house. That's exactly what it is. And we'll get into. Um, why we love tiny houses in a moment. But I thought before we do that, let's talk about like a supposed traditional property and mm-hmm. like a fixed dwelling and more importantly, a mortgage oh, <laughs> that yeah. comes along with that. Because I think there's a few things of you know minimalist living that comes into this philosophy of tiny houses. But I think to understand the benefits of that, we've got to understand the path of mortgages and, mm. and how that plays a role in our society as well. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people come to the conclusion that they want a tiny house because they want to buy it outright and they don't want a massive mortgage on their hands. Yeah. But it's interesting because we're both 31 and it's one of those things that a lot of people would assume or guess or ask if we own a, a house. Yeah. Or if, I mean, we just own something. Yeah. You know, did you buy this or are you renting? Yeah. And for a long time, I was really embarrassed to say, oh, no, we're just renting. But at some point, I don't know what it was in my head that I was like, you know what? I'm not interested in owning a place and I need to own that and I need to be proud to say, no, we're renting. Like, it's fine. Um, and especially when we made the decision to move overseas, that's when I started thinking, well, it makes logical sense for us not to be renting. Oh, sorry, to be buying. Yep. Um, and so, but I do remember back in the day when we both were looking at buying a house and when you were in real estate and that seemed like such a, you know, exciting and very, I guess. Very grown up. Yeah. Felt like I'm an adult. I can do this, you know, like it's something that you've seen your parents always do, but... I'm not going to pay somebody else's rent. That's outrageous. You mean mortgage? Yeah, somebody (laughs) else. Someone else's mortgage. Yeah, that's outrageous. I'm going to own this. Yeah. Yeah. And I I was saying that as soon as we moved out, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm paying somebody else's mortgage one day when I get my own place. Yeah. You know, I'll be paying off my own debt. (laughs) 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 Not someone else's, but... Um, so I remember one day we went in, we booked an appointment with the mortgage broker Yep. and at your work, mm. so at your real estate firm. And we kind of just sat down with him and we were thinking of, you know, like obviously it was going to take us cause we hadn't even th- like, we hadn't started saving or we hadn't thought about what we were going to do. Well, we did to an extent because that's why we were there, mm. but not enough to actually action anything. Yeah. So we sat down with him and he's like, okay, well, let me give you some hypotheticals. Like if you buy a house or looking to buy a house that's worth half a million, so 500,000, which is actually pretty cheap in Canberra. And this is approximately, you know, the rates that you'd be paying it off. And we were also looking at how much the repayments were for a period of time. So I can't remember what the figures were in terms of, 
at what age? Like, oh, was it a 30, 40 year so period? Normally a 30 year period, yeah. yeah. And so when he did the calculations, when he summed it up that if we were to buy a property for $500,000, by the time that we paid for it in full with all of the interest, we would be paying over a million for that property. And my jaw just dropped. And I went, you pay more than double Hmm. for a property that is not obviously worth that much. But the interest that the banks, like it just, yeah, I was in shock. And I go, why are people signing up for this? Well, I think the, like with any debt, right? I think the intent is that, you're going to pay it off faster. Yes. And I then and then reduce like the, the interest. Yeah. yeah. So if the minimum repayments, yes, it will be that much. But but then there's this pressure to pay it off faster or pay more yeah. to reduce that interest and to reduce the time. Yeah. Um, but even then there's still a lot of interest that you fork out. And then there's this concept of owning, right? It's like, do you really own it? Do the banks own this property? Mm. Um, so there's that. But not to say you're that paying rates like you always be paying rates, even when you pay off the house itself the land rates oh oh yeah there's a whole series of so, well, expenses it obviously yeah. depends on where you yeah. live but you there's a yearly you know oh, there's like land tax there's there's yeah yeah there's a whole bunch of like uh fixed costs and maintenance uh if it's like a townhouse or apartment there's body corporate fees there's there's always yeah. some money you could afford yeah there's 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 a whole bunch of things attached to it and look not to say that mortgages are necessarily bad because there's a lot of benefits it gives you a lot of flexibility um in terms of equity and you know being able to draw more debts or more money if you need to or have an asset to protect yourself um, you know, if you need to to get some more finances as well. So I can understand how there's ways to use a mortgage in a really creative way mm-hmm. uh, financially. Um, but I just think like our perspective on a mortgage has really shifted um, because I think it's, it, to me, more importantly than the debt, it's the, and we've talked about this quite a lot recent, in recent episodes uh, about downsizing your life, but it locks you into a specific level in your life. Yeah, there, there, where you all, have to make those minimum. Yeah, repayments. you have to make those repayments. You have to, or you, you know, or there's an expectation you want to continue, you know, making more yeah. uh, than the basic minimum repayments, which means that then there's more pressure for you to earn more money, and then it just goes around in a cycle, and then it just locks you into what we like to call the more virus of wanting more and more and more and more and more, and then you know you get one property, and then you know, your family grows and then you might want to expand to the next property and then it just keeps going. So or if you want to buy another house to rent it out. Yeah, or you want to play... Obviously, always more options. But yeah. just the fact that, like, I, I think my idea of owning a house, I, I think, I, I don't think I ever processed the fact that you're just in debt, literally, for most of your life. Yes. And that, for someone like me, can give great anxiety because... You just open up your net banking and there's just this ginormous minus in front of hundreds of thousands of dollars that you own. Yes. That's not yours. You know, yes. like. But I mean, I suppose someone could also argue that like, you know, paying rent is like, you know, if you can get your mortgage repayments down to a similar level or less than rent. Yeah. Then what's the difference? Yeah. You no, know, because I mean, you're losing money. Like, yeah, you're paying for having a roof over your heads. Yeah. So you might as well but be if contributing. Goes wrong, yeah. It's not on you. Yeah, that <laughs> that is, is the nice. beauty of I think after we started renting and you got out of real estate and we started simplifying and we rented for a few years, I started thinking 
the amount of things that have gone wrong or that things that needed fixing that I'm so grateful that it's not on us doesn't have to come out of our pocket. Yeah. I was just really grateful. You know, even in our last property, the amount of times that they had to come and resell the bathroom and, you know, check for water damage and do all of these things, it was just like, I mean, it was an inconvenience for us, but as a landlord, Mm. it would have been a nightmare for them to have to pay someone to come in so many times to fix something. Mm. So I've actually never regretted not owning a property. Yeah, and it's... Look, it's uh, I'm really happy with the decision not to get into that sort of game, but I also understand that you know you could get to the end of twenty or thirty years and own a property, yeah, and not ha- have any but extra think repayments. About how much potential stress that could cause you, yeah, to you know feel like I can't afford to get sick, I can't afford to get sick, yes. you know, like just that pressure on yourself to constantly have to work not take too much time off, like, you know, really be calculated in the way that you live. Yeah. I can't buy this because I need to pay for my house. Like yeah. just that freedom. Yeah. It's it, you almost, I would feel like I'm in handcuffs. Yeah. I am. I think it can be liberating considering that we did pay off, you know, a, a large sum of debt in such a short amount of time. So if you, if you know what you're doing and you still can live a fairly normal life, Mm. and not feel like it's literally owning you, then that's different. And the other thing is it's hard for many of us at the time of getting a mortgage to buy a property below our means. Yeah. Right? Because I was thinking that. Yeah, because I think, you know, like a, a lot of people with two salaries in a relationship or one really strong salary can can get approved for a lot of money mm. to draw down. Mm. But does that mean that they can necessarily afford that in their lifestyle yeah. in their in their repayments um or and then do they need like is it <clears throat> exactly yeah but then also when you go to those open homes and i know this because i was in real estate it's like you always start off with a budget and you tell all your friends and family oh look i just want to get into the market yeah. i want to start off really humble um, like i'm happy to go out there for a wedding yeah a wedding <laughs> perfect <laughs> perfect example comparison i'll only spend you know five grand yeah, exactly right. So you always think, oh, a wedding, I'm only going to spend this much and you spend spend double. Same with a property. It's like you're looking at op- properties, oh, you're not quite liking it. And then you see one that's a little bit out. Oh, let's just check it out. A little bit outside of a budget, but let's just check but it it's out. it's like your dream home. But it's your dream home. And then you stretch. And then you stretch. You, so, and then that's when we start to really, like we have high leverage of our lives because like it's your home. Mm. So it's an it's an emotional like and again the real estate agent like, they're trying to tap into that. This is an emotional purchase. Some well, of it, it could be an investment. Like yeah. if you look at investment properties, it's very black and it's white. It's not even that. It could yep. be like someone might buy a home knowing that they're gonna renovate it and sell it. Yes. And flip it. You know, like yeah. do it in that way. Some people than, really practical that way. Yeah. Yeah. So there, and that's a business within itself. Yes. You know, making money in that sense. So yeah, this there's many reasons as to why. And how someone is drawn to a particular property. Yes. Yeah. So I think, um, look, pros and cons and mortgages. I think we've personally, at, at this season of life, we're pretty happy not being in a mortgage, which brings us to the next point of like not having a mortgage, not working towards an asset, but, you know, and paying for somebody else's mortgage. Could a tiny house be a really good alternative? 
Mm. And that leads me to start thinking about what some of the benefits are of a tiny house. And obviously the the first thing and what a lot of people want to know, what we wanted to know when we're watching this YouTube channel is how much are these things? Yeah. And how does one determine the price? You know, do you build it yourself? Do you outsource it? All these things, right? But um, from our understanding, it's it's different depending where you are. But a lot of the examples we had in this show were based in where? Canada, US, Europe, Australia. Global. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite global examples. and But they all kind of ranged between about $20,000 US all the way up to $150,000 plus. Yeah. Would you say that's the range? Mm. And the reason for that is some people had building skills and background. Yeah. Um, lucky so them. With lucky them. I mean, lucky, but also, you know, comes with its pros and cons in itself. Exactly right. So they built it all themselves and they were able to source the materials quite cheaply. Mm. Um, A lot of them actually use like recycled materials or that's things. That's what was really that, appealing yeah, to me. Is especially like, the out 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 um the exterior of the house of the tiny house yeah i think that's that's awesome i don't know i'm extra sensitive at the moment with with i don't know just reading into the amazon fires um Mm. with just even chopping down burning down rainforest for logging and for the for the materials for for things like buildings and paper and things like that as well so i think the fact that you can approach it in a more sustainable way in a more resourceful way and to mm. see some examples of using completely recycled materials was really inspiring. Um, and, and second-hand furniture. Yes. And so it's like you can really put something beautiful together without having to really buy anything new. Yeah. Next to nothing new. And you know what? It, was, it, it adds to the charm of the property because like every – as I go through and I tour through the tiny house, it's like every like shelf – Has a story. Every everything inside the property has a story. There was this one guy. He's like, "Yes, I was gifted this from this friend, and yes, I was gifted that, and oh, thank you so much. That looks beautiful. I was gifted that." Yeah, so I was like, "This guy must have a lot of really good friends that just give him everything." Just hooking him up yeah. with materials, which yeah. is awesome because that like really brought down the cost of the property. Absolutely. So, so, but I think at a, a range of twenty thousand dollars to one hundred fifty thousand is still quite a lot of money, but that's how much a lot of us would pay for a car. If we, if we look at it... Or just for a down payment on or, a property. Or down payment on a property. So all of a sudden it's like, if we're looking at comparing a three or $400,000 mortgage plus versus $75,000, all of a sudden the conversation about us saving for that becomes a lot more realistic yeah. and a lot more motivating. Well, not even if you get the full amount, you can probably pay it off within a year or two yeah and then it's like okay i have this asset yes that i believe in the way that things are going in the world is only going to grow because i think the tiny house movement is only just beginning yeah apparently there's only 200 tiny houses in australia recorded. well that's because that yeah because they can't really classify the ones with wheels as well not even that there are caravan it's not registered necessarily even registered <laughs> oh right okay but there's not many yeah there's not many is the point yeah. right so because i think people are scared of what the process is because it is still so i mean in a lot America, of red tape I imagine that there is europe was brutal the examples we saw there it's pretty brutal in terms yeah. of the legislation there but but yeah so i mean but the price is attractive the price yeah. is really attractive because you can either save for it or pay it down very quickly it's not like 30 years hanging over your head even if you 
want to pay off your mortgage sooner, it, you know, probably more often than not ends up being quite a long time. So um, I think that's the first huge benefit. Um, the second thing that we've already talked about is the personalization and the fact that you can, you know, really craft a tiny house with all of your needs in mind in, yeah. in a small space. Yeah. But it's like there's a lot of intentionality in these examples. Because you've got to utilize every single tiny little bit of space. Exactly. It's like I remember I joined some, I saw on some Facebook page people talking about, being complaining about circular appliances and like how like a, like a kettle is circular by nature and that's in, like it's impractical for maximizing space. Oh, that was in the article. Oh, that was in the article, right. Yeah. So we'll link to it in the show notes, but it's like just the detail. But I, saw that a bit, I thought that, that was a bit odd. Well, the fact is if it was square, then you can lean it up against the wall into a corner. Yeah, I know, but how many circuit, like really it's mainly just glasses, vases. True. Like, but but I think for the the fact that they're even questioning that, this shows how intentional they are about space because yeah. they're in such a small space. Yeah. But um, before we were like, oh, I don't know about tiny houses because we need a lot of kitchen space, we like cooking. But then we've seen some examples where people have prioritized that, mm. so they've compromised another area of the house so they can have more kitchen space because they like there was even a chef. Yeah, I mean, when I looked at some of those, I was like, that kitchen is massive. Like, and yeah. that's probably the size kitchen that I would love. And what I love about tiny houses the most is probably the fact that they have windows. Like it's a four, mm. you've got windows everywhere. Whereas with apartments, you've only got the f normally one side. Yes. And again, you can customize that to your spec. Like mm. we saw some examples where there was so many windows, like the light was just beaming. Yeah. Through. So you can really, you can really feel like you're bringing nature into your space. And light is just everything. So it's it's really, for me anyways, it's important to have a really well, like our last place, the light was just everything. Yeah, it was amazing. That afternoon light at about four o'clock was just like the golden hour. Yeah. It was just, you just want to sit there and do nothing and just soak it in. Quite often we did. <laughs> Quite often we did. Um, and then we've got the mobility. Um, in some, in a lot of cases, the mobility of a tiny house is a huge advantage, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a bit hard with a fixed dwelling to just, can't really just pick it up and move somewhere else. But, you know, I think being able to have that flexibility of taking your home with you. And that's a selling point also. Like if you plan on selling it, someone else can take it to wherever they want to take <laughs> yeah. it to. You True. know what I mean? True. It's not like, oh, I don't really like the location of this house. <laughs> yeah. You can pick it up and move it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, lo I love the idea of forcing you to have less. Mm. So there's a lot of people in the tiny house movement that have to really adjust to a minimalist lifestyle. Yeah. And they, a lot of them are sort of, they understand that before doing it. That's why they want to. But yeah. those who didn't expect it were like, oh, yeah, I didn't expect to really cut my wardrobe rotation or not have enough bench space or not have enough this, not yeah. have enough that. But uh, I, I like those imposed restrictions on your lifestyle mm. um again because it makes you makes you think clearer and makes you think with intention because you have so little space every little precious spot is like does this t-shirt mean enough to me or do i wear it often enough for it to take up this space in mm. my tiny house yeah so that it's and and you have to be ruthless there's no like there's no luxury of space. There's no like, you know. Some of them though like, looked like they actually had quite a lot of cupboard space, like mm. storage space. And I was like, why would, you don't need that much. It seemed a bit excessive. You, you thought that could have gone two. smaller? 
Yeah. You'd go smaller, would you? With a couple of them, the amount of storage that they had, and I said, with the amount of things that we own right now, we would be struggling to fill that space. So, I mean, it depends again if they love to have stuff. Yeah. Then their tiny house. I don't know. Have I think our, I think our bloody video equipment and podcast equipment would. Yeah, like, would be okay. a problem. But yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> for for clothes, I think would would do alright. You'd need to be really strategic about shoes too. Because shoes yeah. are a pain to store in any house. Yeah. But I think there'll have to be a really cool way to do that. Um, so what are some other things you, you like about, about tiny houses? The fact that it takes much less time and effort to clean. That you have, like, your space is your space. You don't have to really, you see the whole house just by looking in one direction. You know, it's, yeah, I don't know. There's just something really beautiful about it. And you feel like you could actually live with so much more intention, like mm. just more peaceful with less stress. Like all these people that live in tiny houses look so much more chilled out. Mm. And like they've built everything with such intentions. Like some people didn't want to compromise on showers. So they have a massive shower in their place because mm. they want that. You know, they've even got plants in... A few of them actually even had plants in their showers. So, you can really design it how you want it. And I think, like, I can visualize us living in a tiny house. Me just sitting on the couch and just, like, reading a book and enjoying life. You're quite bought into this. Yeah. I didn't... Guys, I didn't realize until this podcast. (laughs) Like, I knew we were interested, but Marsha's, like, she's got that look in her eye, like... I'm in on this tiny house Well, thing. look, I don't think that it is something for us right now. No, no, no. But I can see somewhere in the future, maybe in the next decade, li- living in a tiny house. Yeah, I, I think... Because you... And again, it's the whole... I think not necessarily like we'd probably buy one considering that we're, we both have two left hands. Mm. Well, maybe for you it's right hand because you're left-handed. Mm. But by like thinking about buying one as an investment for ourselves and living in it for a long period of time, but then thinking about where that would go. So what we kind of envision is living in old cities and they're smaller cities, but they're still like you can't put a tiny house in an old medieval town. Yeah. And this just depends where we are in the world, what we're doing you know, and what's going to be important to us. But I think... We could even make it as a holiday house for ourselves yeah. somewhere. Like, there's so many And the other thing as well is, like, the, the, like, tiny houses appear to be quite desirable on, like, Airbnb and for rent because it's a different experience. Yeah. So, there's all, also the opportunity to rent it out yeah. um, as an investment, yeah. uh, which is appealing. But, but I think, look... Was any other benefits you want to talk about before I talk about some of the challenges around tiny houses? This is for me, like I've always liked when things have a home. Mm. And in a tiny house, like even the smallest thing needs to have a home because it's not going to fit anywhere else. So the fact that you need to be neat and tidy and organized, that appeals to me because I am that. And so that lifestyle in itself, living in a place where it doesn't take long to clean up, you know, everything has its home. Oh my God! Can you imagine cleaning? That would be it so would fast. Be a breeze. Yeah. It'd be so easy. Yeah, and I imagine you would, um, depending on how you're receiving, uh, generating electricity and things like that. Like 
that you might be forced as some examples to be outside in nature more yeah. for like washing your clothes or starting a fire to yeah. cook depending on what access you have yeah so that i think that well that to <laughs> me is actually kind of a i never thought i'd be saying that but it's like kind of half camping so um depends on the season true but i also just think that like for people like us that would be beneficial just connect yeah. us with nature yeah, a little yeah, bit more course. but also but like but like hand wash where it's like yeah. the pipes are frozen over or there's something wrong or yeah like troubleshooting it's so cold yet you yeah. need to go and cook your food out food outside yet it's like minus 20 you know like yeah. that's not appealing at all the other thing is that I haven't considered <laughs> is the weather in terms yeah. of having a tiny house and obviously like for me personally I'd like a tiny house that's off grid but not like you know we'd probably want solar panels on the roof and I don't mind the idea of a compostable toilet either you know right. and I've heard that you don't really get any yeah, smell I thought, or anything like back that back in the day I thought differently about that like when when we wrote that post we were hating on it yeah we we're hating we on the toilet solutions yeah we did think we'll yeah so but it's not adjusted. too bad yeah <laughs> Um, so also depends where the tiny house is, you know, um, somewhere like Byron Bay would be quite appealing because it's quite nice all year round there. Yes. Or even in Sydney, like it doesn't get to freezing temperatures. Yes. Um, but if you've got good heating and insulation, that shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Some, some people went pretty high end and got like heated floors. Yeah. And things like that in their tiny house because they saw that as a priority. Yeah. So um, it depends if you feel the cold or if you know if you've got some form of uh, health issues or whatever. So yeah, and I suppose you can always just like any property, you can always add and change things to the dwelling over time. Well, I think once you've like I don't know how if you install a compostable toilet. Oh, that's pretty fixed. Then getting but a, I remember that guy is just like, toilet. yeah, and I, I want to make this window bigger. That was my regret. So I'm going to make it bigger. Yeah, so he was that's easy. Like, yeah, okay. Well, I don't know what's easy. I'm not a builder. I'm like, do you YouTube that? Like, I don't, I've got no idea how to do that stuff. So. Well, he built the place. Yeah, so okay, right. <laughs> he obviously yeah. sort of has quite an easy adjustment. I'm so naive. I think anything's possible. You know, it's like, oh, well, surely, it surely you can just adjust it. Yeah. Yeah. You can adjust it, but like some things like changing the toilet compared yeah. to just adding... Well, obviously, you have to remove the window and make a big... We're not going to get into it, yes. but yeah, it is. I wonder and how... he was the builder of the place. Oh, he this was, wasn't he? Denmark, it? yeah. I wonder how these things age. Yeah, that is it. That is it. Okay, let's move into the challenges. But yeah, it is a new idea. But like five years in, like we've seen how some of these new properties, these apartments age. It's pretty poor yeah. where we are anyway. Yeah. But... Because they put them together so quickly. I know, but these like... These little tiny houses, I do, I do have some reservations about how they. And because age. they're not on fixed land as yes. well, yes. So it's I don't know. And like, what will be re- need to be replaced over time? Because we just talked about like the maintenance thing is something we're not particularly interested in, but um, and that is something that I'd like to research more mm. about. You know what that looks like year three, year four. What they had to update. But it also, Michael, depends on the quality. Yes. Of the build itself to begin with. So yes. if you've slapped something together for twenty thousand dollars, where you've used the cheapest possible materials, yeah, it's not going to age well. Yeah. It also depends on the humid. You know, like depends on where you are. If you've got a really humid environment and what materials you've used. So just. Yeah. Really. Varies. Quite a few factors. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not. 
that straightforward. St- still something to consider. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so the other thing is, uh, so, okay, basically what happened, the reason why, so the post is like five reasons why we don't like tiny houses or we, why we wouldn't get a tiny house or something like that. Yeah. Uh, not, it wasn't to hate on tiny houses. It was just that we watched this documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, this Australian director um, shot the film in Portland, I think it was. Yeah, I, he actually went to the same photography school as me. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he just took you behind the scenes of this tiny house movement and a whole bunch of people in their process of making them. And a lot of them were couples and they're all building their tiny houses from scratch. Like there weren't like, to my understanding, a tiny house real estate website like there is now in Australia. Yeah. So when we were looking at the process, like it was like inspiring on one hand, but we walked out of the movie like, I don't know about this thing. It looked pretty stressful because the building process like broke people down. Mm. Like a lot of these people weren't builders and mm. they were trying to push themselves to mm. build this from scratch because it's such a small dwelling. But I think you, it's much harder when it's such a new concept and it was at the time. Yes. Whereas now it would probably be a different story. So many Still, more educational resources, tools, yeah. experience. Still difficult, depending on where you live, because there's still not like 200 in Australia is very small number. Yeah. Um, but still more accessible, even globally. Like if you're part of Facebook groups that people that have built tiny houses, there's probably a lot of YouTube videos. So it's much more accessible and I think it'll be much easier now than it was yeah. five years ago. Would you consider? Building? building? Yeah. Hell no. You and I? No. Wonderlist? No. Let's put it on Wonderlist and do it? No. No? Not gonna, happen. yeah. No, I'm not interested. I was just testing to see if you had any of that in you, dude. You building, <laughs> hey, hey, come on now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll step come up. On now. I'll step up. That's not okay. There's talent. things that you can learn. Ha- you saying I have no building talent at all? Have you met yourself? <laughs> I, I think I'm pretty self aware. Yeah, do you think you have building talent? I'm a good planner. Yeah, that's not building, like actually getting in there and building things. Yeah, no, no, I've got no idea. Putting, you know, nails in walls and... Okay, okay, let me phrase the question differently. We're both control freaks, right? Mm-hmm. I would, would have the we, final say. Would you, if we're not going to build it ourselves, <laughs> yeah. would you then... I think we'd blow the budget it, probably. Uh, with you, of course yeah. we'll blow the budget. <laughs> but would you want to get it built then? Outsource the building. Yeah. Custom spec or would you buy one? I mean, it's hard Depends. to say without seeing what's out yeah. there. Do you know what? I'm just not but confident. I've seen some really boring designs. But I'm also concerned about how they age, right? So to buy yeah. secondhand. Oh, it wouldn't necessarily be secondhand. It could be like buying a built one from like brand new. Oh, I understand. Like from the designer. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. That. Yeah, but you could do that. I like the idea of including a lot of recycled materials. This is the thing. So I actually think we're so particular that if we were researching, it's almost like we'd either need to build it or we'd need to get someone to build it because of the intentionality, the sustainability and the practicality all considered into it for a reasonable it price. sounds like such a hard job. Yeah, so this is the thing. I think like there's a lot of decisions that need to be made and a lot of people go through this for a standard dwelling property. Yeah. If they, But I think because this is like so that's, small... That's crazy. I know, that's a huge... Like trying to like custom build a whole house. But I think a tiny house, because it feels like... I think like, you've got to make more decisions... Not more decisions, but you've got to make a lot of decisions based on the fact that you're utilising every little nook and cranny. Whereas in a big house... 
there's some leeway. You've got so much more space. Yeah. You know, like how long do you want your hallway to be? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like a foot is like not life and death, but it's like a huge impact if you misuse yeah. a couple of feet here yeah. and there. So, And then to be beating, I think I imagine that there'd be a lot of tiny house builders that are like, I wish I did this differently. Yeah. I wish that I did. If I decide four more inches yeah. in the pantry, yeah. it would have changed everything. Yeah. Like literally changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it feels like there's a lot more. You're right. There's a pressure of like decisions. A lot more riding on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's probably one downside. And it's hard because like I imagine if we stepped into a shallow, like a hollow, like an empty, just a, an exterior of the place, we'd mm. be like, how on earth can you fit? everything you need to in such a tiny space Mm. like i always think when i go to a property and i look at space without furniture it's like this looks tiny Mm. but then you put furniture and it's actually oh no you've got plenty of space so i imagine that it would be similar like that yes times 10 in a tiny house when it's literally just bare bones yeah so i mean i don't i like the idea of it but i also foresee it as a really stressful experience because i hate making so many decisions oh yeah like so what kind of bench top would you like i mean pinterest would come in handy here and i would probably have many conflicting styles or ideas as well so that wouldn't be very useful. Yeah, this is not like building a website. This is like where you're going to be living. This would be my baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's making me stress thinking about it. So the other thing is, um, this is the the big one, land. Yeah. So again, this is like so different, different countries, different states around mm-hmm. the world and, um, and, and what their land legislation is. Um, what they classify as a dwelling, what they classify as a caravan or a mobile house, and and because it's a new, it's a it's a new industry and market, a lot of legislation hasn't caught up to the movement as well. Yeah. So and then there's so they're like, probably making it up as they go along. Yes. And a lot of the time they just put it in the too hard basket and probably just say no. Well, yeah, but you it's just getting a, probably push them. Well, it's getting approved is one thing, and then there's like uh, you know potential land rates that need to be paid. Yeah. Um, and all these Depending hidden costs. Depending on who owns the house or what land you're on, but yeah. Exactly. So I think um, just the the red tape is pretty overwhelming, I think, because what should be a very flexible mobile sort of decision in having a tiny house can all of a sudden feel really restrictive. Yeah. Depending on those regulations. And that can be completely off-putting. And I think that that's why a lot of people struggle to get started because they've just got no idea what's possible. Yeah. And Again, as you said, like not many people own one. So to ask, I mean, I guess it would be very different again, depending on where you live in the world. Like somewhere in Portland, Oregon. Where they've got like it's, tiny houses lined up. Yeah. There's neighbours, yeah. So it's It would pretty. be very easy to work out, okay, this is what you can, this is what you can't do. Yeah. Uh, but again, like it's just a weird concept of like, well, where do you park your home? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's you normally go to a house and it's like this is where it is. Yeah. You can't move it, so you take it or you leave it. Yeah. But when you have like you have the flexibility in a way, but you don't have the flexibility, then it becomes this whole big thing of so where am I where am I going to put my house? Yeah. 
where yeah. do you register this thing mm. you know like yeah so i think um that that is definitely something that needs to become clearer and i'm um, look we haven't done much research so i think you know if we were to go deep down that path we'll find those answers the other thing is um what about the size do you think that's a downsize like is a tiny house too tiny well some look tiny tiny and others I go, yeah, that's livable. So it depends on the size. I yeah. don't think that it's too small. I mean You think it'll wear it down wear you down over time? Ah, uh, in that sense. Um Because you mentioned before, like I I also agree with you. I think it would be really cool to just like at a glance see your whole house. Like you're in yeah. your house and you just look across and you see it all. But I wonder if on like Day day eight hundred, you look up and you're like, I I, I, hate. I hate this place. <laughs> I can't handle it anymore. This is why it's so important to make sure that you love everything <laughs> yeah. about your tiny house. Yeah. Look, it depends on your lifestyle. Like for us, I like renting. That's home, see, I like that's why I like renting and that flexibility. Yeah, of is this, that you can just get up and go. Yeah, cut the lease. Bye, Felicia's. I'm going to. But then you can just else. rent out your thing and use that money to rent out somewhere else. But then you got to find tenants. Yeah, mm, or Airbnb effort. it. Yeah, but then, you know, but then we're gonna. You want to do Airbnb or you well? You can sell it. You know, those really good Airbnb hosts. They're like next level. They've got. Yeah, I get it. I've got that thing. That's a job. I've got Who it locked down, organized. Yeah. yeah, but you can get someone else to manage it. Like it could be worthwhile financially yeah. to do that. Yeah, or you just sell it. Yeah, and then we've got to figure out how sellable these things are. I think that the, I think that we've got to learn about this be. industry because yeah, that's that's. I think it's. It's like, I, I'm not concerned about the size, actually. I'm not concerned about no. the size. I'm concerned about um, getting over it. I think for us, <laughs> it's like, like, we like flexibility. Yes. And we've, you know, we've never lived in a place for more than three years. Yeah. So, I mean, together. Yes. Um, mind you, we would have stayed in our property, in, in our last property for longer if we weren't planning on moving overseas. Yeah. So, it's just interesting because I mortgage- don't think about... I don't think about property long term ever. Yeah. Because it's just like. But that's the thing that's appealing about tiny houses. It feels like it should, there should be a way out. Mm. Like, you know, as you said, to make it flexible, whether you rent it out, whether you sell it or whether you can can upcycle it it or whatever. Yeah. You know, like you can sell it. I don't know how it is. Yeah. Um, I imagine, obviously, it would most likely, if we did have one, it would be in Europe how easy it is to transport it from country to country and if that's allowed. Mm. I imagine it probably would be, but that's the beauty of it. You can literally sell it to anyone. Well, not anyone, but living in Slovenia, you have so many neighbouring countries. Within a few hours, you can be in four different countries. So... Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea what the market is there. But I'm just saying it's much more flexible. Yeah. But then restrictive at the same time. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. it's something to consider. Um, and, and if you're listening to this, you're, you, you might be quite happy like long term with that. But I think it just depends what, what your lifestyle is like. Yeah. Um, the other thing is kids and pets. Like when we're looking at these videos, I didn't see too many, if any, examples. That's outside of like a young couple with a newborn mm-hmm. um, that – it was very much like either one person living in a tiny house or two people living in a tiny house. Yeah. Um, so a young couple or an old retired couple. Yeah. So that's another potential challenge of this lifestyle. 
looking at the the size of it mm. um and even pets to an extent like i'm trying to visualize chewy in a tiny house i think you'll be fine i think you'll love it you'll get he'll adapt to it if we had an area where he could easily go outside where it was like yeah chewy's our dog stuff um so he doesn't run away as he tends to enjoy doing and give us all a heart attack um Shh, i think he he's right there don't talk about him <laughs> he's asleep <laughs> look at him he's cute <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think that that would be totally fine, but he's like a cat, so I don't think that we would have any issues with him. Not, maybe not like a German Shepherd in Yeah, house. no, it's different. He's a cavoodle. Yeah, And yeah. he's a very, like, he loves to... He's an indoor sort of pet. Snuggle. Yeah. So that's your thing, like, but what, what about, um, children? Not that we plan on having children, but like... Do yeah. you, did I you mean, see any examples of that? But do you see more than one bedroom mainly? No. No, we did actually it, see loft. that couple, remember, that had two young daughters at the top. One had one room and the other one had the other I didn't room. see that. You watched it by yourself. Did I? You must have. I don't remember that. In, a, in, a, in, a, in the tiny house floor plan? Yeah. At the top, you turn one side, there was one of the girls' bedrooms and the other one... Like they were, one of them was a toddler and the other one was maybe... Well, there you go. Six, seven years old. Possible. I can't remember where... Oh, their bed was a fold-out couchy type situation. The parents? Downstairs. Yeah. But the... So, I mean, it's doable. It's doable. But it's a bit of a tight squeeze. But what an experience <laughs> for the family. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty... But they're outdoors. Surely you watched this No, movie. I didn't see it. I have no idea they're what you're talking outdoors, about. They're outdoors, like... It was like beautiful a, in nature somewhere. No, 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 no. They pretty much created a um, like a children's playground in their front yard. Ah. So the kids pretty much live outside and play. They have a million toys and big swings and sand castles and. But that's another example of intentionality, don't you think? Yeah. So this family has gone. A hang lot on. Of time outside. Like we want to spend majority of our time outside. Yeah. Let's devalue a property yeah. in our lives so we can highlight outside play. Yeah. And that's what they've decided to do. Yeah. So that's an example of intentionality and really applying minimalism to a family situation, which mm. is awesome. Okay. It just seemed a bit excessive, the amount of things and toys and stuff that the girls had to play with outdoors. That's all. Oh, to compensate for their small little cabin rooms. But you know what? It's like, it's interesting, like how we, th- we think about uh, space for families at the moment because you know I remember uh, having a bu- sharing a bunk bed with my sister. Oh, did you? I I shared a bunk bed with my sister and it was completely fine. And it's like there there used to be a time where you'd share rooms, share spaces, and it was a lot more resourceful. And now, particularly where we live, is an expectation that everyone has their own room. There's another spare room for this, yeah. another spare room for that. So well, the houses are getting bigger and bigger. They're getting bigger. So I think the you know, the mentality of a tiny house and like you can make that work. Yes, there's a trade-off, but there's a lot of benefits to it as well. And I think that's where how far are we willing to push it, Mm. you know, uh, and challenge ourselves um, and break that mold. Yeah. So it can be done. Mm. Um, Okay. So... But mind you, I think that this house for these girls, it has an expiry date. Like they're not going to, it's not going to be the same scenario in 10 years time. 
Like it's not a long-term investment for the family to live and in. And that's the, the advantage of a bigger property, right? Is that you're future-proofing. Yeah. You can make for an like investment 20, 30, and you can say years. that, hey, yep, I can already picture that this cycle of life is we're going to have that covered. This cycle, we're going to have it covered. So yeah. I, I get that too. Um, and you can just build one thing. So look, I think we're, we're, gee, we're talking quite a lot about tiny houses and didn't expect this, but this one I thought we'd wrap up with some resources. Like if we were to start looking into tiny houses today, mm. like where would we start? And I think um, some resources that we've seen is, well, something that we'll definitely do is go and check out to see if there's any tiny houses in your area. Yeah. Uh, and, and see if you can even just reach out to the owner. Um, as it turns out, I just liked some Facebook group like today and then they posted that they got a meetup with I all these tiny house yeah, owners next week. Next week. And I might even go. Oh, Probably fun. not, but I might. <laughs> <laughs> so like even like seriously, just go get connected, find a community in your Canberra, area. Like that's Canberra. I really thought like there was a tiny yeah. house community in Canberra. What is Mm. Anyway, 2019. So, yeah, you can go along even if you don't have a tiny house and just start to pick people's brains, see what they're talking about um, and get a feel for it. I think once you determine your budget, ideally, um, you know, because we always, well, we feel that debt is probably one of the worst forms of clutter in our experience because of that pressure that it creates and locking you into a lifestyle. So, um, ideally, I think the advantage of tiny house living is being able to pay for something like that outright if you can. Yeah. So I think that's that would be the goal for us. That'll be my goal anyway. Is just making sure that um, it's actually something that we can save for and pay mm. for. Um, and you feel really empowered and liberated the fact that you own something. Yes. And it's a hundred percent yours. Yes. No interest. Yeah. So um, that will be a priority. Uh, if a tiny house is available to rent when you're traveling, you're going on holidays, maybe try to suss it out that way too. Yeah. And just get a feel for what it's like for a week or two. Uh, if you've got a family, try and push yourselves that way. But I know um, that's something that I'd, I'd be keen to do mm. is to Airbnb tiny house for a little while yeah. um, to see how it feels. Um, and then, of course, as minimalist vegans, we want to make sure we're considering the environment and materials mm. so i think that's um a huge benefit is being able to look at how we can recycle materials which we talked about earlier in this episode as well but um that's a, a huge component of you know i think that's a really important concept of design and sustainability and practicality at the same time uh, and then lastly is research 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 the land situation in your area uh, I think advance. before you get started on anything, yeah. that should probably be the first thing because you don't want to build this thing and get excited about it before you've done any research on where on earth you can actually yes. legally park it. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, if we find any other interesting links and resources or websites, we'll be sure to add them to the show notes as well. But um, look, that's it, Marshall. I think that was, that was cool. It was good to explore this and yeah. interesting in four and a bit years how our perspectives have changed a little bit from walking out of that documentary at the cinema. i think it was like the fact that they were building it they were yeah. like hell no and it was like ending relationships yeah. and stuff it was and like, it was hard like yeah. it looked really really hard yeah so it was the honest raw truth about what it is to build a tiny house but i think and at that point we were like 
if that's the only option of how to get a tiny house, we're not interested. Yeah. I think we're a bit more open now, but obviously we'd need a lot of heavy lifting done by somebody else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having that sustainable aspect to it, I think we would probably have to build because I don't imagine too many people building with recycled materials ready to sell. Yeah. I mean, you never know, but I think it would be a but even high buying, chance of it not being even, like that. Even there's some level of practicality, sustainability in buying mm. a pre-made tiny house, right? Um, because there's already, this material has already been used. So you're just using that. Cool, Michael. So anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? No, I'm good. Cool. I'm good too. <laughs> All right. I think my voice has done well and I apologize yeah. if it's made any funny, weird. I like your voice this way. <laughs> I like your voice normally as well. Yeah. Just to I cover just, my, that's I got to cover my bases there. <laughs> <laughs> I was not even paying attention. Um, cause I can't hear properly. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Marsha's had an ear infection. Yeah. Hasn't been fun. Yeah. Anyways, people don't but you're need coming, to know that. You're coming back though. Coming people back strong. People don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways. All right. Thanks. It's been, it's good to be back on the microphone guys. Thank yes. you. Have Thanks. a great week and we'll chat to you in the next episode. Sounds good. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, there it is. Episode 29 of the Minimalist Vegan Podcast, all about tiny houses. I hope you enjoyed that one. We had a lot of fun recording uh, and talking about tiny houses. And as I said, I learned a lot about Marsha and her intensity towards this topic. So it looks like it could very well, um, or tiny houses could very well be in our future. Um, but if you want to find any links to the, uh, the the resources we mentioned in the episode, head over to the show notes at theminimalistvegan.com slash 029. As always, we love hearing from you. So if you've got any feedback or any experiences that you could share about tiny house living, I would love to hear from you. You can uh, leave a comment at the show notes or you can um, email or message us on social media. I would love to hear from you and get some more examples as well. And if you haven't already, we would love your support to leave a iTunes review um, of your honest feedback as it helps other people determine if this show is right for them as well. Anyway, I'm going to leave it at that for now. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in and here's to living with less stuff and more compassion. Chat to you next week. Peace.